Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you And then everyone else will believe you too And if it looks like you're the only believer around Just keep on believing, don't put yourself down Just believe Our guest is We Grew Up in Hawaii Earned a Master of Theology degree from Calvin Theological Seminary and a Ph.D. in Theology from the University of Notre Dame. From 1994 to 99, he served as a Protestant pastor. And in 2001, he converted to Catholicism. Since 2004, he's been a professor of theology at Franciscan University. And since 2020, he's been the vice president of biblical theology and mission effectiveness at St. Paul Center. His name, Dr. John Bergsma. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. I'm Jack Rasula, this is Anything is Possible, and we're talking to Dr. John Bergsma. Since 2020, he's been the Vice President of Biblical Theology and Mission Effectiveness at St. Paul's Center. Doctor, welcome and honored to have you. Jack, it's great to be on with you. Can we start by you leading us in an opening prayer, please? We sure can. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your goodness to us, which is poured out in so many ways, especially through your Son, our Lord, Jesus Christ, uh, who died on the cross for our sins, to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of our sins, and give us the power to live as children of God, Heavenly Father, pour out your Spirit on us and bless this conversation. And all who listen, we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's go back to Hawaii and talk about your childhood, your mom and your dad, please. Yes, indeed. So my dad was a U.S. Navy chaplain, and we grew up all over the place. But uh, as uh, fate would have it, or the Lord's will, um, I spent half my life in Hawaii uh, between 1971 and uh, 1989, a total of nine years, uh, mostly when I was young, up until about age five, and then again when I was in high school. So I do have a uh, Hawaiian Social Security number uh, as I was born there, and I have a hankering for certain uh, Hawaiian food to this day, um, but uh, but left that beautiful state uh in 89, after I graduated from uh, Kalaheo High School, public high school on the what we call the windward side of the island, and I heard the God, God calling me to, uh, to be a preacher, and so I headed off to our uh, denominational college and seminary in West Michigan uh, back then, uh, and sadly, I've only had the chance to get back there once uh, since then. What's the biggest thing, Doctor, you learned from Mom, and what's the biggest thing you learned from Dad? The biggest thing I learned from mom was devotion to scripture. I think the most powerful impact she had on my life was starting me off uh, reading uh, the Bible through in a year when I was about age 12. And that was a spiritual practice uh, I kept up through uh, my adolescence and even into my college and, and seminary days, reading about four or five uh, books, uh, chapters of the Bible. Uh, on a daily basis and working through from Genesis to Revelation from January to December. And I'm sure that my uh, vocation as a Bible scholar, you know, in part came from uh, that practice. 
And for my dad, I guess um, the biggest impact was the example of prayer, Um, seeing my dad pray uh, in his study um, or in his bedroom, and uh, just knowing that he was a man of God, uh, you know, a a preacher, a chaplain, a military, you know, pastor, essentially, um, that deeply impacted me and taught me that manliness uh, is is deeply connected to having a relationship with God and being a man of prayer. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful for my, to my dad for setting me that example. You mentioned that you earned a Master of Theology from Calvin Theological Seminary. How was it you decided you were going to be a salesman for God? Hmm. You know, I had a, 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 a several deep, prayer conversations with the Lord when I was graduating from high school, because I had done well in school. I had offers from a number of different universities to go into different things, mostly, honestly, Jack, uh, STEM subjects. Like, I had a free ride uh, to do a a five-year engineering degree at a prestigious uh, Eastern um, technical school, and I was profoundly considering that, Jack, but you know, I was praying to the Lord what to do, what to do, and I heard the Lord uh, tell me, why don't you do what you, are, what you are avoiding? And what I had been avoiding, Jack, was to go into the ministry, to, to go into the pastoral um, apostolate, as it were, to, uh, to preach God's Word and to care for people spiritually. And I knew that I, had been, I was running like Jonah, from that, which, you know, was the career that my dad had chosen, and it had always been on my mind, but I didn't want to embrace it. And so at that age of 18, I, I tore up all my applications to these different schools and universities, and I just applied to our denominational school, which was the one path open to me at that time for, uh, for being a, a, a preacher of God's Word and, and a pastor. And I just felt called to that, and that's the, that's the only path I pursued from then on. All right. Your specialized study is that of the Old Testament and the Dead Sea Scrolls. When the Holy Spirit told you, that's what I want you to do, John Bergsma, what did you decide? <laughs> so when I was uh, going through the seminary, you know, I, I also did well there, uh, all, you know, in, in academically. And so the, the potential arose to go for further study. And uh, the question was, well, in what area? And what I was struck with at the time was the number of places where Jesus really ties faith in himself to Moses. Like there's a passage in the Gospel of John where Jesus says, if you believed Moses, you would believe me because he wrote of me. And I just felt, Jack, like uh, the, the Old Testament was foundational but so so people so many so few people believed it trusted it uh that it also impacted their uh faith in the lord and so based on those verses uh out of the gospels about you know the foundation of trust in moses's writings i decided you know what i need to go into old testament to kind of shore that up uh in christian faith shore up people's confidence in the old testament word of god which is the basis of Jesus' own preaching. And then uh, when I got accepted to the University of Notre Dame for a doctorate in Old Testament, I went down there and found out that, lo and behold, they're also one of the world's 
uh, top centers of study for the Dead Sea Scrolls. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll pick up some expertise in the scrolls as long as I'm down here. We're talking to Dr. John Bergsma. If you want to learn more, www.stpaulcenter.com. When we come back, we're going to ask him about his four-year career as a Protestant pastor. And I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Rasula. We're with Dr. John Bergsma. From 1994 to 1999, he served as a Protestant pastor. Doctor, talk about that chapter in your life. Yeah, that was a, a powerful experience for me, uh, Jack, actually ministering to people, um, doing evangelism, uh, doing discipleship with new converts. Uh, it powerfully impacted my life. It was the first time, Jack, that I'd come face-to-face with spiritual warfare, um, saw the effect of evil spirits in people's lives and the whole reality of the spiritual dimension. You know, angels and demons, they're very real, and they're very active (laughs) uh, in all of our lives, Um, but especially especially in our inner cities where where there's a lot of uh, a crime, and, and you know, when you when you get criminal activity and, and some of the other things that takes place in our inner cities, Jack, you know, the, the spirits are never far uh, behind in that kind of environment, and that's kind of the uh, the tough um, you know vineyard that I was working in uh, in uh, downtown uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, Jack, it was just a very powerful experience. I came to know the Lord, have to trust in the Lord uh, more and more. Um, but also through that process, Jack, I began to doubt uh, the pillars of Protestantism. For example, uh, salvation by faith alone. I was taught, Jack, to evangelize on that basis of telling people that uh, their faith alone saved them. When I actually did that, though, Jack, I discovered that people took that to mean that once they made an act of faith in Christ, they could go off and live their lives any way they wanted, and there were no consequences of that. And I found it very difficult to backpedal and explain to them why the life of, uh, of Christian uh, discipleship was, was necessary after I told them that it was only about faith. And so I began to wonder if it was really smart to evangelize in this way. And I noticed also that Jesus doesn't evangelize that way in the Gospels. He never goes around and just tells people, oh, place your faith in me once for all, and that's, that's it. Jesus says things like, if you want to come after me, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. So I began to really doubt salvation by faith alone, Jack, and also sola scriptura, this idea that the Bible is all that we need, I noticed that me and the six other pastors in my little neighborhood, we all claimed to believe the Bible alone, and yet we all had a whole variety of teachings on every imaginable subject, from baptism to Eucharist to morality to marriage. Uh, We came down all over the place, and yet we are all claiming to get it from the one Bible. And I began to realize that the Bible alone is, is not enough to keep Christians unified, Jack. We, we really need something more. And I began to question to myself and wonder to myself, what did Jesus leave us to keep us unified? And that was one of the things that started me on the path, uh, ultimately, to uh, the Catholic Church. Which 
you, be, you converted to Catholicism in 2001. We're talking to John Bergsman. He's authored over 20 books on Scripture and Catholic faith. One of them, Doctor, is Stunned by Scripture. And in it, you talk about a chapter about the Eucharist. A lot of Catholics yes. today don't believe that that bread and wine is really the body and blood of Christ. What do you say to them? Yeah, well, what I say to them is it's actually the Eucharist that more than anything else brought me into the Catholic Church. Um, I went down to the University of Notre Dame in 1999 to begin my doctoral program in Scripture there. Met a young man named Michael who just blew me away because he was so smart, he was so full of the Holy Spirit, and he was Catholic. And I didn't understand how you could be so smart and so full of the Holy Spirit and still stay in a false church. I mean, wouldn't you realize that you're in a fake church? So I got together with him trying to show him that the Catholic Church was fake, and I raised all my objections against the Catholic Church, and he kept answering me from Scripture. He answered almost all my objections from Scripture. I'd never run into a Catholic like that before in my life, Jack. But after uh, a couple of weeks of this, of talking with him and kind of getting blown away by these so-called Catholic verses that he was showing me that somehow I had never noticed before in my life, he said, hey, you know, why don't we get into reading the early Church Fathers? There's, you know, some interesting stuff in the earliest of the Fathers that I, I, I want you to see. And so he introduced me to some folks like uh, St. Clement of Rome and St. Ignatius of Antioch, and I began to study their writings, Jack, and I got to this point in, in St. Ignatius of Antioch, who was, was writing only about 10 years after the death of the Apostle John, very early on, around the year 106. And in one of his passages, he was warning the early Christians about people to stay away from. And he said one of the signs of, of who to stay away from is folks who refuse to confess the Eucharist to be the flesh of our Savior, Jesus Christ, which suffered for our sins, and which the Father, in His goodness, raised up. And I read that, and I was blown away. And I read it again. You know, anybody who refuses to confess the Eucharist to be the flesh of our Savior, Jesus Christ, which suffered for our sins, and which the Father, in His goodness, raised up. And I read it a third time, and I thought to myself, there's no way to get a symbolic interpretation of what he just said. He is saying that the Eucharist is Jesus' flesh, and it's only 10 years since the death of the Apostle John. That's too little time to get confused. This must be what he was taught by the Apostle John. And then I went back into the Gospel of John, Jack, and I reread John 6. Uh, where Jesus says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you, but he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. And I remember thinking to myself, what did I ever think this meant? And so to make a long story short, Jack, I read the other parts of the New Testament on the Eucharist. I read some of the other fathers, and I realized both the Bible and the fathers teach that the Eucharist is just simply the body of Jesus, the flesh of Jesus. And that was something that me and my group, we denied it, but the Catholic Church upheld that teaching, 
And I realized that's the early teaching of the Church. That's also the teaching of Scripture. And if only the Catholic Church is abiding by that, I need to become Catholic. And so 18 months later, I came into the Church, confirmed by Bishop Jenke uh, of of, uh, South Bend. He was the auxiliary of Fort Wayne South Bend at that time, but received into the arms of Holy Mother Church February 24th, 2001. We're talking to Dr. John Bergsman in 2004. He became a professor of theology at Franciscan University in Steubenville, Ohio. When we come back, we're going to talk to him about Franciscan University. And I'm Jack Russell, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Rasula, and we're with Dr. John Bergsma. Since 2004, he's been a professor of theology at Franciscan University in Steubenville. Tell us about Franciscan University. Well, Jack, I'd never heard of it before in my life. Um, But uh, around 2001, when I came into the church, I was looking for some guidance about how to be a good Bible scholar as a Catholic. And my sponsor was a personal friend of someone that our listeners probably have heard of before, uh, a certain man by the name of Dr. Scott Hahn. So my sponsor, uh, when I I entered the church, got me uh, in touch with Dr. Hahn, and we struck up a conversation, and that ended up as an invitation to uh, come down to Steubenville, Ohio, and uh, work for Dr. Hahn for a year. Well, while I was down here in, in eastern Ohio, uh, what do you know, but they lose their Old Testament professor at Franciscan University. And I was living in town and had an earned doctorate in Old Testament. So I thought, mm, you know, I'll throw my hat in the ring, see if maybe I can get this job. What do you know, they hired me. So in August of 2004, uh, suddenly after basically having spent the last five years in a closet writing a huge book that they call a dissertation, uh, they thrust me in front of a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds and told me to keep them awake for 75-minute periods at a time. So in my desperation, Jack, I thought, what am I going to do? And I thought, you know, maybe I can sketch uh, the story of the Bible uh, on the board using stick figures back from my uh, junior high school art art days. Um and so I began doing that, Jack, and you know what? They paid attention, and they, they would sit back sit back there looking at the board and trying to figure out what I was drawing, you know, and then they would laugh, and I'd step aside and let them see, you know, a stick figure of Moses or something like that. And that became my six, signature method of, uh, of teaching Bible. To this day, I have four stick figure books uh, for uh, Catholics in what I call the Bible Basics series that teaches the whole Bible, the New Testament, the Psalms, and and even about love and marriage throughout Scripture, uh, all using uh, those stick figures. So that turned out pretty well for me, and um, I had a fair amount of success in in the classroom and and really grew to love the students that we have here at Franciscan University, Jack. It's just so beautiful to see so many Catholic young people from around the country that come to this institution uh, to learn their faith. We have 500 uh, theology and catechetics majors here at Franciscan. That's about twice as much as our nearest uh, competitor 
in that area anywhere in uh, Catholic schools in North America. Uh, we just produced the most uh, theology majors uh, of any uh, Catholic uh, university. And it's just so wonderful to have the experience of these Catholic young people to go to Mass, for example, and and to hear them sing. And so often when I go to Mass on campus, Jack, I'm just led to tears, you know, hearing hearing these uh, these kids, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old now, so they seem like kids to me, uh, you know, in their 20s, uh, just singing their hearts out to the Lord, so reverent, um, just wanting to come and experience Jesus in the Eucharist. And it, it really bolsters my faith, Jack, and it encourages me uh, to stay faithful, uh, just seeing uh, the fire of their own faith. If you want to learn more, www.franciscan.edu. <clears throat> a few years ago, Amy Coney Barrett, Notre Dame professor, was up to be a federal judge, <clears throat> and she had to appear in front of the Senate, and Senator Feinstein of California famously said to Judge Amy Barrett, the Catholic dogma runs very deep in you. Dr. Every young person I've ever met from Franciscan University, the Catholic dogma runs very deep in them. Why so? That's a great question. One of the reasons is, Jack, that under one of our previous presidents, Father Michael Scanlon, he led a real revival at this university. Before that, it was a kind of a typical 1970s party school, uh, better known for um, for the kind of spirits that they drink at parties on the weekend rather than the Holy Spirit. Um, but Father Michael really turned that around and made this a landmark of the charismatic revival within the Catholic Church in the U.S. And uh, we've been known for that ever since, for the activity of the Holy Spirit and really the charismatic flavor of our spirituality on campus. And that's really been upheld by our current president, Father Dave Pavanka, who you might say is a kind of a spiritual disciple of Father Mike Scanlon. And in our own day, Father Dave has been doing such a fantastic job about keeping that fire of the faith uh, alive. So kids come to us from around the country and even around the world seeking to be formed, seeking a place that they can come and really be formed in, um, in, as disciples of Jesus Christ uh, within the Catholic Church. And so we start with great kids to begin with who come to us seeking to be formed. And then, you know, uh, over the past uh, decades, uh, you know, our faculty has really become a place where we have collected some of, some of the most on-fire and, uh, and well-educated uh, professors in, in every kind of subject, from, from biology to theology. And, uh, you know, I could just speak, I think, for all my colleagues here, we go to work every day eager to not only teach our subject, but to teach these young people how to pursue that subject as disciples of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the Lord has blessed our efforts, and so far so good, but keeping that fire alive is something that is a, a constant responsibility for every one of us. And uh, we take it seriously. We're in prayer every day. Uh, we we take care of our own formation, make sure that we're growing in the Lord ourselves. And we just pray that this, uh, this great wave of the Holy Spirit that we've been riding for almost 40 years now just continues into the foreseeable future. 
We're talking to Dr. John Bergsma since 2004. He's been a professor of theology at Franciscan University in Steubenville. If you want to learn more, www.franciscan.edu. All right. <clears throat> you mentioned his name in a previous segment, Dr. Scott Hahn. He has a talk with you in 2003, and he convinces you to join him at St. Paul Center. Tell us about Dr. Scott Hahn. <laughs> Dr. Scott Hahn has been one of the biggest influences uh, in my life, and uh, that's almost an understatement. But um, he invited me to come down to Steubenville from Notre Dame back in 2003 to be his research assistant for a year. It was a one-year gig, and then I was supposed to go back to northern Indiana. Well, of course, that never happened. Uh, while working with him, helping him get uh, one of his major works on theology published, I was responsible for copy edit, editing, uh, a major book of scholarship for him. Uh, as I mentioned before, that opening came up at Franciscan, and I ended up as his colleague uh, on the faculty here at Franciscan, and I've been um, you know, living almost next door to him, and, and our offices are adjacent to one another uh, on campus. And to talk about parallel lives, uh, we, we locate or, um, you know, occupy uh, the same geographical locations all around town on a, on a kind of a circuit. So it's always, it's been great working with him. And I had the privilege to, as I said, uh, help him with the publication of his dissertation, his major work uh, called Kinship by Covenant. And it was my responsibility to copy edit that four times, Jack. So I, I know his major, his, you know, his, his major opus, you might call it. I know it very well. And after having uh, done all that uh, editing work on it, which is like, you know, looking for typos and cleaning up footnotes and all that good stuff, I knew it quite well. And when I uh, began teaching at Franciscan University, I thought, you know, how can I communicate all of that goodness uh, from Dr. Hahn to these students? And that's uh, part of what led into that stick figure method, because I thought to myself, well, if I can sketch out what Dr. Hahn shows us about how the Bible fits together with these covenants, and all these covenants took place on mountaintops, and I can draw a mountaintop, it's just a little a semicircle here, and I can draw a little stick figure on top of it, etc. And uh, really what I do in a lot of my books is kind of uh, uh, a very simple artistic representation of this great covenant theology uh, that I learned uh, from Dr. Scott Hahn. But, you know, about 20 years ago, Jack, uh, Dr. Hahn started uh, an apostolate within the Church called the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Uh, he and Mrs. Hahn, Mrs. Kimberly Hahn, and uh, Mike Aquilina, a very well-known uh, Catholic author, the three of them together uh, established this great ministry, which really has the goal, the twin goal, Jack, of um, biblical literacy for the Catholic faithful and biblical fluency for clergy. And to that end, we've been publishing Bible studies, so many other kinds of books on Scripture, as well as especially resources for seminaries and for priestly education. We've been running uh, three Bible conferences a year that attract more than 600 priests at three different locations uh, annually around, around the U.S. And uh, I think that we've really seen the needle move, and um, 
the, uh, the, the level of, of biblical literacy and fluency really rise in Catholic parishes around the country uh, over the past uh, 20 years, and we're praying the Lord gives us another glorious 20 uh, to continue to see that needle move. We're talking to Dr. Scott Hahn. If you want to learn more, www.stpaulcenter.com. And I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 W. Jack Krizula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. And Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. Anything is possible. I'm Jack Rasula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Dr. John Bergsma. Since 2020, he's been the Vice President of Biblical Theology and Mission Effectiveness at St. Paul Center. Doctor, you mentioned in the last segment that you minister to priests. Actually, you spoke to over a thousand priests last year. What do you tell them? (laughs) That's a great question, Jack. I talk to them about Bible, actually. Um, we go over many different parts of the Bible. We might hit the prophets. We might hit the Gospels. Uh, a lot of times, Jack, uh, I'm doing what are called clergy convocations. Uh, Little-known fact, uh, virtually every diocese in the U.S. has what they call a convocation every year uh, with their clergy. Convocation means a calling together, and that's where they gather all the priests from the diocese in, in one place uh, with the bishop, for two, three, four days, and uh, they do different things. They pray, they do some business, they have Mass, of course, and then they often bring in some folks for continuing ed. So I'll come in, Jack, and I'll I'll do some overview of Scripture. Uh, One of the big things I do is look at the liturgical uh, calendar for that year, whatever year it might be. You know, we're on this three-year cycle, year A, B, C, which is the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In sequence, I'll talk about those Gospels. I'll talk about the readings that are coming up for the coming year and help them with homily preparation. And then a lot of what I do, too, Jack, is just talk about priestly identity. We start from Genesis, and we go to Revelation, and we trace the role of the priesthood through the whole Bible. And especially we camp out in the Gospel of John, because the Apostle John shows Jesus to be our spiritual priest and our spiritual bridegroom at the same time through his gospel. And when we unpack, uh, when we unpack that, Jack, you know, I just see a lot of the priest's eyes come on and they realize that I've been called to be, to be 
priest and a kind of spiritual spouse of the people of God, following in the footsteps of Jesus. And it really, I think, helps to reignite uh, that that vocation that they had, that call, that call to be uh, to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ that led them to enter the seminary in the first place and then pursue uh, holy orders. And it's, it's just so wonderful to be a part of watching uh, those vocations get reignited and get re-energized. Our great mutual friend, Father John Ricardo, says that being a priest or minister today is like the movie Hacksaw Ridge. <clears throat> if a listener said, Dr. How can I help my priest, my minister, my rabbi? What can I do to help them? Yes, that's a great question, Jack. Um, I would say one of the one of the best things that lay people can do is uh, is help help uh, give your priest, your pastor, your rabbi a break. Um, maybe fund a weekend off for them where they can go off and pray and recharge and be alone and quiet and kind of recharge their batteries for the ministry. And specifically within a Catholic environment, I would say consider paying for your priest, your pastor, to attend one of our St. Paul Center um, priests' retreats. We have one in California in January, one in Texas in April, and one in Wheeling, West Virginia in June. And these are three- to four-day getaways where your priest can relax, recharge, re-energize, and, uh, and study the Scripture as well. It's just the, the full uh, experience. And so many priests have come back from those experiences just recharged for the task that God gives them in their local parish. So think about maybe paying for your, your pastor to, uh, to be able to attend one of those events. And, um, and get that spiritual re-energization that he needs. If you want to learn more, www.stpaulcenter.com. Doctor, many converts are on fire with their faith, including you. Why so? You know, they say that absence makes the heart grow fonder. And when you grow up with the Catholic Church absent, not having it around all the time and not having it to take for granted, when you finally discover the truths of the Catholic faith at an older age, it is a real special experience. And for the rest of your life, you keep thinking back to what it was like when you did not have the Eucharist in your life, when you did not have the sacrament of reconciliation in your life uh, in order to unburden your soul, when you did not have that, that sound teaching and the example of the saints and that kind of stability and that continuity through the ages. And for, for me, Jack, it, it's, you know, the, the Catholic Church has been, you know, this is going to sound cliche, but other than Dawn, the most wonderful thing that has happened to me in my life, aside from my own baptism as a child, which, which didn't put me in touch with the Catholic faith, because every baptized person is connected spiritually to the Catholic Church. But, um, you know, to this day, uh, Jack, you know, ever since I became Catholic in 2001, I have been a daily communicant. I daily go to Mass. I daily receive the Lord in His body, blood, soul, and divinity, 
in the most blessed sacrament. And that kind of intimacy, that kind of daily communion that I've been able to have with Jesus as a Catholic means so much to me. It is the center of my life. And while I have known Jesus from childhood, you know, for the first 30 years, I only knew him from his word. But to know him not just from his word, but also his, his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the sacrament has just been pure sweetness for the past over 20 years. As our time winds down together tonight, could you lead us in a closing prayer, please? I'd be happy to, Jack. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for uh, being faithful to us and blessing this conversation that we have had. We want to just lift up in prayer all of our listeners, uh, Lord, across the listening area. Pray for their spiritual lives wherever they are at with you. Lord, we pray that you draw them one step closer today so that they can have that experience of beautiful intimacy with you. We ask this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And Heavenly Father, please take care of Dr. Bergsma, his better half, Dawn, and their eight children. Thanks a million for being a fabulous guest. Thanks, Jack. It's been great to be on with you. Please join us next week. Until then, I'm Jack Crisula. Thanks for listening and make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spall. Believe in yourself.